Welcome to episode 14 of the Thrive Up Show. I'm Dr. Troy Roddy, and today I'm going to talk to you about a phenomenon that I call the experiential paradox. Let's get started. So today's episode uh, is about what I call the experiential paradox. Uh, but before we get into all that, I just wanted to say um, I hope all of my teacher friends and parents out there that are listening uh, had a wonderful spring break. If you had one, I'm recording this right now, uh, right after uh, being off for a week for spring break. So if you just finished your spring break, I hope it was safe and relaxing and fun for you and your families. If you are in spring break right now, uh, I, hope, I hope yours is safe and fun as well. And if you are in a place where you don't have a spring break, uh, then maybe you should uh, just treat yourself to something nice this week. Take some time to do something good for yourself or for your family. Um, but putting that aside, uh, I've been meaning to talk about this thing that I call the experiential paradox for a while. And, and I guess before uh, getting to it, it might be a good idea to talk a little bit about uh, what I mean by that term. So I kind of just, frankly, just made that up. Because I was thinking uh, not too long ago about the statement that I heard you know, 25, 30 years ago when I was just getting ready to get into education, which was uh, teachers saying something about how uh, teachers have a tendency to teach in the way that they remember being taught. So there's this cycle of, well, this is how I learned or this is how I was taught. And so through that experience, um, it has shaped how I teach my lessons. And the more I thought about that statement, the more pathways began to open up in terms of ideas and thoughts. And so in today's episode, uh, you know, my goal is not necessarily to present any um, eye-opening, groundbreaking teaching strategy as much as it's just maybe a prompt for you uh, to think about that statement, you know, how do I teach or how do I parent in a way that reflects my experiences? Because, you know, if you think about what a paradox is, which is essentially a statement that seems to be contradictory on the surface. So people say something like, uh, in order to find myself, I had to lose all of my previous understandings. So in order to get something, I had to give something up sort of a paradoxical statement. Um, and so the experiential paradox, uh, I just came up with that term, quite frankly, because how often does our experience get in the way of our progress as opposed to um, our experience really shaping our progress for the better? In other words, how much does this shape our progress? And do, in order to make a change, do we have to let go of maybe some of our experiences in the past? So I'm very cautious about that because I don't want to imply that everything that you've experienced as a teacher or a learner was, was incorrect or in need of changing. But I just find that very interesting. And also I'm sort of a, a superhero geek. And one of my favorite stories is the Flashpoint Paradox. And for those of you who are superhero geeks, 
uh, might know that story. If you don't, go ahead and look it up online. I'm not going to bore you with the details of the story, but it was an, it's a, one of my favorite stories about how one simple change in time um, changes the future in a way that we can't contemplate. And we've seen this before, whether it's you know Back to the Future movies or Terminator movies where there's time travel and something changes and all of a sudden the the the, the character doesn't recognize their future. So the experiential paradox for me is more about recognizing that our experiences as a teacher and as a learner um, aren't as clear cut in how they impact our teaching and learning going forward. And I think that's something that we need to explore in a little bit more detail. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break here in just a moment when we get back. Um, I want to go down a couple of those paths with you. Uh, and explore this concept of the experiential paradox. Uh, you are listening to the Thrive of Peace show with Dr. Troy Roddy, and I will be back in just a moment. Welcome back. You are listening to the Thrive of Peace show, and in today's episode, we are looking at a phenomenon that I call the experiential paradox. So I think before we get into some of the details or some of the, my thoughts around how your experiences shape your teaching and learning. I think we want to take a look at what we mean by experiential learning. And uh, certainly it's not a new term. The term experiential learning has been around for a while. But I think the key part of what real experiential learning is about is sometimes missed in the definition. That the learning isn't necessarily taking place during the actual experience. Instead, it's the reflection on your experience. It's the doing something and then looking back on what you did and what you learned through your reflection on your experience that makes up the experiential learning piece. The actual doing of the something is just the activity. Um, It's sort of like doing a project in class. The project when you turn it in, you know, is there a reflection on the project? Is there a way for you to take a look back at what you did and how you would do it better? That's where the learning takes place. The learning is the additional knowledge you gain through the process of doing something, getting feedback on it, and reflecting on how that work can be better. And so if we take this concept of experiential learning, where the learning takes place, takes place excuse me, in the reflective part, then we have to apply that to this concept or this phenomenon of experiential paradox when it comes to teaching and learning. Where does the reflection fit in? And so as a teacher, you know, if you are falling back on, well, this is the way my teachers taught me, well, you can make the case that, yes, I am reflecting on my experiences and I'm drawing from my experiences to inform my teaching going forward, But if you are a teacher, uh, a current teacher, you know, depending on what type of science and understanding of learning concepts we had when we were in school, the way you were taught may or may not be the most efficient or most effective way of teaching today, given what we know about the way the brain works and about the way people learn. So, you know, I'm in my mid-40s. 
and I can look back on some of my school experiences, and I certainly, there are ways that I learned that are different than the way we teach today, but they were effective because even though my teachers may not have understood brain science and learning science like we do today, there were some core comp concepts that made sense, sort of repetition and doing things over and over again and, um, you know, frequent you know, sort of little uh, tests and quizzes, and some of them for credit, some of them not for credit, were certainly very helpful. Um, but I also know, and I think it's important to remember, that our memories of the past get less and less accurate the further away we get from that event. And what I mean by that is, again, I'm in my mid-40s. I can't accurately recall how my fifth-grade teacher taught me. I, I, there is no way, if someone said, do a lesson the way your fifth grade teacher did a lesson for you, there was no way I could do that. Because that memory um, is so far uh, deep into my experience, I, I have no concept of, of how that was done. I'm sure it has something to do with worksheets and homework and all this other stuff, but there's no way I could match that lesson. I just don't recall that. So Relying purely on your memory of your experience as your reflection becomes a dangerous concept, and this leads to that paradox. Like, well, if I am someone who is more, I would say, promotion-minded, or I am more optimistic, I might remember all the great things my teachers did, or I might remember how I feel, and because I really liked this teacher and I connected with them, I might try to copy some of the way they, some of the way they taught. It doesn't mean it was the best way to teach. It just maybe because I have this optimistic and positive memory, then I might give myself a false positive on something in terms of planning how to teach a lesson. The opposite is also true. If I was a student who struggled in school and I had teachers I didn't connect with and I had these really negative experiences, certainly I'm motivated to minimize my pain. Um, well, in that case, my teacher may have been a very solid teacher, but because I didn't have initially great experience with them, being told to teach like that person might not make any sense to me, and I might want to do the exact opposite of what that teacher did. So when is the reflection on your experience most valuable to shape your teaching as you move forward as a professional, as a teacher? And... I think you have to make the case that the more reflective you are on the, 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 the experiences you've had most immediately in your life, the closest experiences you've had, the better off you're going to learn through your experiences and shape your teaching in a positive way. So schools that ask teachers to reflect on how they're teaching you know, once a year if you're a teacher that doesn't naturally do that, is that one time a year reflection actually doing the job? I mean, are you accurately recalling what you've done? Or, or do you need to be reflecting on your classes every single day? And to me, that is where the experiential learning part of being a teacher really starts to make sense to me. Not as much about copying the way my teachers taught me as much as it is 
did the lesson, did the teaching I do today, did it work? Did it work the way I expected it to work? And if so, why? What were the parts that are repeatable? And if not, what should I change tomorrow? Not next week, not next year, but what can I change tomorrow to try to address maybe a shortcoming in my lesson? So the, this first part of this experiential paradox that I wanted to discuss today had to deal with, really started with that statement that, you know, again, this was a few decades ago, you know, teachers teaching the way they were taught. And I, I find some flaws in that logic, right? Because I'm not so sure those of us who are teaching can truly accurately recall enough of how we were taught as adults. You know, you remember when we were in classroom, we were children. We didn't see the world we see it today. So is that even an accurate or valid, you know, evaluative tool to decide is this a way I should teach? Now, if you have no idea how to teach and you're just starting off and you're like, I need something to start with, well, certainly trying to pull some memories of good teaching out makes sense. However, what else can we do besides reflecting on our own experiences, which again, could be biased, could be not completely um, realistic, but what other options do I have besides reflecting on my personal experiences to shape my teaching? What can I do to be an experiential learner that informs my teaching uh, growth without it only being about my own teaching experiences or the experiences I had as a student in school? We're going to talk about that question when we get back. You are listening to The Thrive of Peace Show with Dr. Troy Roddy. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll return to talk some more about the experiential paradox in just a moment. Welcome back. And in this segment, we're going to talk about what you can do to be an experiential learner in a way that informs your teaching growth without only reflecting on your own experience as a learner or your own experiences as a teacher. So what other options are available to give you some information to use to help shape your teaching? And um, this is where we have to come, I guess, to, to the realization that there are two types of experiences. Certainly there are active experiences where you are the participant. You are in the mix. You are doing the work. It is your, you know, your engagement active engagement is the experience that you're reflecting on. The other type of experience you can have is more of a passive experience where you are observing other people doing their work and reflecting on what you're observing in the context of your own work and your own challenges. And so as an example, right, um, my son who plays video games, wants to get better at playing his video game. Now, certainly he gets better by continuing to play and using the feedback he gets from the game to adjust his play style. But another way he has learned to get better at his game is by watching YouTube gamers, you know, people who play games and post videos on YouTube, 
about how they play and they give tutorials and lessons and my son can watch those people play and he can pick up on tips and tricks and when he's playing next time he can try some of those tricks and tips out and this will come as no shock to an experienced teacher that other than your own teaching where you're reflecting on your own experiences in the classroom probably the next best experiential learning you can do is to be observant of other teachers and getting out of your classroom and visiting your colleagues either in your own school or at other schools and watching them in action and throughout the years whenever I've had a teacher go do that every single time without fail those teachers have come back and have been amazed at what they said they have learned now when they say they've learned something it's not just that they saw someone doing something different but it was the prompting by either that teacher or an instructional coach or an administrator to say okay what did you see how would that fit into your class what version of that do you think would work well for you how was that how is what you observed aligned with your own goals and professional growth plan? And that is where the learning takes place. And so even though you know, you're not actually teaching someone else's class, you're observing someone. And, and when I say observing someone, it doesn't have to be for an hour. I mean, you can set it up ahead of time where you can go in for just the parts of the class that you want to experience, right? So you're experiencing it not just as a student but as a teacher at the same time so you're actually in the room in a hybrid role you can certainly put yourself in the role of the student and say okay well if I was a student what would I be getting out of this but also as an instructor and say well I'm watching this person do this activity present this lesson and begin to deconstruct it in your mind well why would he say that why would she ask that question you know, why make this pause here? So you start to put yourself out there in, in the shoes of that teacher. And so the learning through the passive experience of, of observing other teachers is in reflecting on how would that fit into my classroom? Because sometimes teachers come back from those visits and they'll say, well, I saw this. I don't know how that would fit into my classroom. It would be very difficult because of X, Y, and Z. And so then the teacher engages in problem solving. And once you get teachers engaged, and once you start doing your own problem solving, then you're in a really good spot. I think there's a lot of growth potential when you start to ask yourself questions that, that sound something like, I'm not sure how that works in my room because these are the things that, this is how my, my teaching space is different. And you lay it out. And so if you are in a problem-solving mode, now you're really reflecting because certainly you can't identify challenges to doing something new if you're not reflecting on how the new thing might fit in. It's just you can't have one without the other, right? So the observation of other teachers, and I would say, you know, much like learning, a student learns best by breaking up their learning in smaller, shorter sessions over a longer period of time, as opposed to cramming a huge study session in all at once. I think teacher experiential learning or experiential growth um, 
or addressing this experiential paradox is done the same way. I think teachers who spend five or ten minutes observing other teachers more than one time over the course of a week or two weeks are in a much better position to affect their professional growth through that experiential learning than someone who only goes one day a year or once every other year and spends an entire day with a teacher. To me, that's the, that's the teacher growth version of cramming for a test. And so we're not talking about a huge investment in time here. We're talking about five or 10 minutes, you know, sitting in a class uh, of a colleague and not always a colleague who teaches the same thing as you and not even the same grade levels as you. You know, if you are a middle school teacher and you have the opportunity to visit, you know, an early childhood class, you should do that. If you're a high school teacher and you have a chance to visit a middle school class, you should do that. But it's, it's getting that diverse you know, outlook on what other people are doing, reflecting on what you're seeing, and pulling out of that areas for growth. And I think that type of experiential learning, the reflection on the passive observation of other people can be just as powerful as the reflection on your own teaching. And certainly, I think it is exponentially more transformative and beneficial than trying to recall how a teacher you had when you were in seventh grade or eighth grade taught and trying to copy what that teacher did because in your mind that worked really, really well for you. Because the reality is um, what we know about motivation, what we know about the effects of technology and, and access to information um, has affected teaching, what we know about how the brain works now through science has changed many of the myths about learning and teaching. And so what is this experiential paradox? What, 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 did, what was the point of all of this today? Well, the point is, again, I was sitting around one day and I just remembered someone telling me decades ago that teachers generally teach the way they were taught. And I was reflecting on that statement and about how, yes, 20, 30 years ago when I was getting into this, that made sense. But I, I don't see how that makes sense today. I, I, I find that to be a paradoxical statement, paradoxical statement. Given what we know, given the availability of, obser of observing other people, of connecting with other teachers, from sharing what we know, quite frankly, it's exactly what Thrivopy is about. It's this concept of sharing and creating knowledge and bringing more joy into the world. And if you're a teacher, being able to observe others, reflecting on your own practice, and using that as your basis of your experiential learning, to me, is going to do much more to bring more joy into the work that you do than trying to mimic a teacher that you may have had years and years and years ago that quite frankly, you may not even be recalling accurately to begin with. And so, you know, we're going to take a break and we're going to wrap things up here in just a moment. Um, but as before we do that, just a reminder to everyone that uh, if you haven't 
been to the Thrive of Be blog lately, and it kind of feels like I'm jumping around a little bit, stream of consciousness, okay, bad Troy, don't do this again. Um, if you haven't been to the blog lately, I would invite all of you to please visit the Thrive of P blog. It can be found at thriveofpblog.blogspot.com. Uh, I haven't posted an article. I took a break during spring break last week, so I've taken a little bit of time off. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff in there if you're a teacher or a parent or a student wanting to learn more about creating knowledge and living this learning lifestyle. Um, in addition to that, if you uh, have any suggestions, if you have any uh, questions or anything I can help you with, please feel free, feel free to shoot me an email. My email address is troy.roddy.phd at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will wrap things up. You are listening to the Thrive of Peace show, talking about the experiential paradox. We'll be back in just a moment. In this episode, I've been talking to you about a concept that I call the experiential paradox. Quite simply put, the experiential paradox is just the idea that teachers who teach the way they were taught are missing the boat. They're missing the point. They're actually not learning from their experience. And I say that because the fact is our memories are just not perfect. We either remember the great things or the really awful things. We remember the great teacher, the one that made us feel wonderful. And we remember the teacher that made us feel crummy. And so trying to recall our experience from being a learner in a classroom and trying to use that as the basis of our teaching style is, is just littered with potential pitfalls because we're basing it on memories of experiences that may or may not be completely accurate. So what do you do? Well, if you go to the concept of experiential learning, we understand that the learning part comes during the reflection on the activity, not the activity itself. As a teacher, you do the same thing. If you're reflecting on your teaching for the day, that's where the learning and the growth takes place. How often you do it, and how far back you try to remember is going to impact how much growth you have. If you're a teacher that doesn't reflect on your practice very often, you won't benefit from the experiential learning piece of, of professional growth as much as someone who does it more frequently. And it doesn't always have to be your own teaching. We also talked today about getting out of your classroom, being a passive experiential learner, being a passive participant, watching other people teach, and reflecting on what you're seeing and how it fits into your own growth plan. So there are plenty of ways as a teacher to grow through experience. I'm just not so sure that your experience as a learner way back when you were in school is the best way to use that experience to inform your practice. And therein lies the experiential paradox. We often fall back on the habits that we think we have from watching teachers who taught us. But in reality, I don't think any of us can accurately say that we're able to mimic or copy those teachers. I mean, and if we were, I'm not so sure we'd be copying the real version of that teacher. Instead, we're trying to mimic the version of the teacher that our memory is presenting to us. I hope you've enjoyed today's lesson. I hope you join me for episode 15 when it comes out uh, in the not-too-distant future. You've been listening to the Thrive of Peace show. If you've liked what you've heard today and you haven't done so already, I would really encourage you to 
go to your podcast subscriber and subscribe to these episodes. That way you never miss another one. And if you really like what you're hearing, I would love for you to leave a comment or a review and a rating. That way other listeners can find our content easier and help spread the word a little bit better. If you have any questions or comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to me. I can be reached at troy.roddy.phd at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you next time on the Thrive of Peace show. Get out there and create some knowledge and bring more joy into the world.